Kia ora. I'm Brett Dillon, and this is The Movie Chronicles. This episode is set in 1893 in the good old USA. Time to wash up with A Morning Bath. Director James H. White. A Negro baby is given a bath in a copper tub. Is this the first nude scene? As an experiment in photography, this proves to be a dangerous failure. The baby died 80 years later. I've seen this picture variously dated between 1893 and 1896. Refer the biography of White for the reasons behind the later date. I'm dating the film at 1893 because, on stylistic reasons, and because I trust some film historians more than others, it fits most appropriately in this period. The reason for the black baby is easily explained. He's black and put into a tub full of white suds that cover his body. This makes a high contrast image that makes things easier to see with the available technology of the time. Director James H. White was born in March 1872 in Nova Scotia, Canada, and he died in 1944. This gramophone salesman changed career completely in 1894 when he worked for a kinetoscope company in Boston, USA. The company toured the country and James rode along, helping out and selling gramophones all the while. Kinetoscopes were all the rage for a time. In 1896, Edison brought out the Vitascope system. He bought it off Thomas Armitt and C. Francis Jenkins. This was the final form of what we now call cinema. White jumped quickly onto this bandwagon and entered the Edison Company as a producer and projectionist. By the end of 1896, Edison promoted him to head of the Kinetograph Department. By 1897, he was travelling the world with cameraman W. Blaclaren, sending in copy from across the USA, Hawaii, Japan and China. Returning home in 1898 led to a bout of ill health. He recovered in time to film the Paris Exposition in 1900. In a history-making move in November of 1900, he decided to diversify and increase the output of the company. James achieved this by hiring Edwin S. Porter. The contract called for Porter to direct fiction films, leaving James to concentrate on the documentaries, called Actualities at this date. White retired from directing in 1902, although he did direct one last picture in 1910. This retirement was to accommodate his move to London, England. Edison had ordered him to oversee the company's film and music business from and in London. No doubt that was in part because he came from a British colony, which eased entry into England from the USA. From 1904 onwards, he spent most of his time forwarding Edison's interests in the music industry there. The Kinetoscope the kinetoscope is an early motion picture device designed so only one person could see the film at a time. The idea of film being moved by a process involving perforations in the film and a sprocket arrangement to pull the film past the aperture was first patented by Louis Le Prince. Edison took the idea, claimed it was his own in 1899, and left William Dixon and his team to turn it into something that would make him money. 
The prototype of Kinetoscope was put on show at the Convention of National Federation of Women's Clubs in 1891. The first public demonstration wasn't made until 1893. History wended its way down a leafy lane. On January the 17th, the U.S. Marines invaded Hawaii, resulting in the overthrow of the government of Queen Likuyo Kalani. The bastards still haven't left the nation they stole. February the 1st, Thomas A. Edison finished building the first ever motion picture studio. It was called the Black Mariah. It was constructed on a property in West Orange, New Jersey. February the 2nd, first movie close-up of a sneeze was recorded. I have found references to this having been shot on January the 7th, 1894, and first released January the 9th, 1894. The original viewers were apparently impressed by the realism of the sneeze. No one seems to have noticed they were in the splash zone. February 23rd, Rudolf Diesel received a patent for the diesel engine. April the 8th. The first recorded college basketball game occurred in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, between the Geneva College Covenanters and the New Brighton YMCA. They were fabulous. April the 17th. The riots of Mons began during the Belgian general strike of 1913. May the 1st, the 1893 World's Fair, also known as the World's Columbian Exposition, opened to the public in Chicago, USA. It didn't get smacked, cracked or whacked. In fact, the exposition gained some notoriety for the introduction of the Ferris wheel. The first United States commemorative postage stamps were issued for this exposition. Good luck being able to afford them today. On May the 5th, the Panic of 1893 began. A crash on the New York Stock Exchange started a depression. The more things change, the more they stay the same. May the 9th. In the USA, Thomas Edison held the first public exhibition of his films. This was held at the Brooklyn Institute and was shot using his kinetograph. Unfortunately, only one person at a time could see the film by using Edison's viewing machine, the kinetoscope. On May the 10th, the United States Supreme Court legally and biologically inaccurately declared the tomato to be a vegetable. June turned out to be a particularly volatile month. On June the 7th, Gandhi committed his first act of civil disobedience in India. June the 17th saw gold being found in Kalgoorlie, Western Australia. On June the 20th, Lizzie Borden was acquitted of murdering her parents. June the 22nd was when the flagship Victoria of the British Mediterranean fleet collided with Camperdown and sunk. Vice Admiral Sir George Tyron went down with his ship. He was trying to avoid a collision. In July, specifically the 11th, 
Tokishi Mikamoto in Japan developed the method to seed and grow cultured pearls. For culture buffs, August is a very interesting month. Constance and Oscar Wilde, along with his friend Bosey, have a disastrous summer holiday near Cromer. Bosey hired the servants. They were either drunk or arguing, the servants in particular. It is a very hot summer and tempers flare. Constant comes to suspect Bosey is dangerous. As we all know, she was proved right. Wilde published the play Salome in France, fearing the English might be too censorious. Ken Russell turned this into the film Salome's Last Dance in 1988. The long time lag between publication and adaptation seems to prove Oscar was right. On September the 7th, and under the pressure of a general strike, the Belgian Federal Parliament accepted a proposal for general suffrage. They were upstaged on September the 19th by New Zealand, which became the first country in the world to grant women the right to vote. It was assumed women would be tree-hugging lefties, but the majority turned out to be very conservative in outlook. September the 21st, brothers Charles and Frank Duria drove the first gasoline-powered motor car in America on public roads in Springfield, Massachusetts. On October the 10th, the first car number plates appeared in Paris, France. October the 23rd, the Internal Macedonian Revolutionary Organization, IMRO, is founded by Bulgarians in the town of Thessalonica. Its aim was to liberate the region of Macedonia from the Ottoman Turks. October the 30th, the 1893 World's Fair closed. On November the 7th, Colorado women were granted the right to vote. This was a big year for women's rights. Unfortunately, the rest of the world has yet to catch up with the example of New Zealand and Colorado. In December, Carl Anton Larson became the first man to ski in Antarctica, and Arthur Conan Doyle surprised the reading public by revealing in the story The Adventure of the Final Solution, published in December's Strand magazine, that his character, Sherlock Holmes, had apparently died at the Rickenback Falls on May the 4th, 1891. December the 4th, the First Matabili War began. The Shangani Patrol of British South African Company soldiers were ambushed and annihilated by more than 3,000 Matabili warriors. They definitely did not like the taste of cold steel up them. On December the 5th, plural voting was abolished in New South Wales. And yet, Australians still think they're twice as good as everyone else. Carmen Sita, director, William K. L. Dixon, actor, Carmen Sita. This is a short excerpt of what appears to be a flamenco dance. Director W. K. L. Dixon, full name William Kennedy Laurie Dixon, was born in 1860 at Château Saint-Bonc, sur rance France, and he died in 1935. William came to the USA in 1887 to work for New York's Edison Electric Works. It was Dixon who directed the first Kineta photograph pictures and who designed and built 
The Black Mariah Studio The Black Mariah Studio Construction for this facility began in December 1892 in West Orange, New Jersey, with the purpose of creating a space to make films to be distributed on the kinetoscope. The films made here were registered with the U.S. Library of Congress so that they were copyright protected. The first of these films was Fred Ott's Sneeze, which was made as a demonstration reel to help sell the kinetoscope machines. Edison called this facility the doghouse. The people who spent the most time there, W. Dixon and Jonathan Campbell, called it the Black Mariah because its interior reminded them of a police paddy wagon. The interior of the studio was covered with black tar paper, and the building had a retractable roof to allow sunlight in. The studio became fully operational on April 14, 1894, to supply the Holland Brothers. They had unveiled the first kinetoscope parlor on Broadway, New York City, charging patrons 25 cents. In 1901, Edison closed the Black Mariah studio. He seems to have learnt of Millet's studio innovations and built himself a glass-enclosed rooftop studio in New York City. Actor Carmen Sita was born in 1868 in Almeria, Spain, and she died in 1910. The legend has it that she was the first woman to appear on camera in an Edison film, and probably the first woman to appear in the film shot in the USA. Fatima, Ballet Dancer, Author Unknown I am not 100% sure this is the correct dating. Somewhere between 1893 and 1895 seem to be indicated. Fatima does a belly dance which appears to have been filmed for a peep show. It's a very short piece filmed on what looks like a vaudeville stage. Pillow Fight, a.k.a. Seminary Girls. Director, William Heiss. A group of girls have a pillow fight. A pillow breaks open and the feathers fly. This image seems to have had an effect on French cinema. Abel Gantz used it in Napoleon, 1927, and Jean Vigo reused it in Zero de Conduit, 1933. Births this year include January the 12th, Edward Selzer, American film producer. He was boss of Warner Brothers Animation Department. January the 15th, Ivor Novello, Welsh actor and musician. I'll be talking about him in conjunction with his work for director Alfred Hitchcock. February the 19th, Sir Cedric Hardwick and, on April the 3rd, Leslie Howard, both English actors who did some interesting work on both sides of the Atlantic. April the 12th, Robert Harron, the American actor. April the 20th, Harold Lloyd, the American comedian. May the 26th, Norma Telmadge, the American actress. August the 17th, Mae West, the American actress, playwright, screenwriter, and blonde sex goddess. October the 18th, Lillian Gish, the US actor. And finally, on December the 29th, Berthold Bartosz, the bohemian animator. Professor Watson's Boxing Cats, Company, Edison. 
In today's PC environment, Professor Watson might be facing serious time for animal cruelty. His act consists of two cats with boxing gloves on their front paws. He holds them up inside a miniature boxing ring, and they take swipes at each other. Thomas Alva Edison If ever there was someone you'd want to call dude, it was Thomas Alva Edison. He is the epitome of dudiness. He was the dudiest dude that ever was. In fact, you might call him a great big dudey. Unfortunately, that only covered his early career. Once he became rich and famous, he became an anti-science butthead. Thomas was born on February the 11th, 1847, in Milan, Ohio, and he died in 1931. An innovative child, he began inventing at age 10. Edison's earliest inventions were attempts to get paid for doing as little work as possible. You might say they were exercises in futility. In 1859, he started work, age 12, as a newspaper seller. 1871, Thomas set up a plant to manufacture devices for Western Union. 1876, he built his own laboratory at Menlo Park, New Jersey. In 1887, Thomas moved the facility to Orange, New Jersey, but retained the name of Menlo Park. He set his assistant, W.K.L. Dixon, the task of inventing a machine that should do for the eye what the photograph did for the ear. I think he meant be a pain in the cock, Leah. Edison and Dixon. In 1889, Dixon came up with the kinetophonograph, a.k.a. the kinetophone, using a film strip recently invented by George Eastman. The film was synchronized to sound coming from a phonograph recording. 1891. Generation 2 was released. The kinetograph camera and the kinetoscope viewer. Edison was ordered to supply stock in the form of a 35mm frame size with four sprocket holes per frame on each side. George Eastman was born on July the 12th, 1854, in Waterville, New York, and he died in 1932. He was forced to go to work at age 14 and developed an interest in photography. In 1880, he began manufacturing gelatin-dry plates to compete against the wet collodion process then in use for photography. In 1884, he introduced paper roll film to be used in the number one Kodak camera he created. In 1889, Edison and Dixon used this invention for their motion picture project. South Spring Street, California. Author Edison. The camera is sighted close to the sidewalk on the left side of the road, staring down the nostrils of two horses who have been pulling a buggy and have parked up. Another buggy goes around the first, and the first follows it. Behind them is a coachload of people. We now have a clear shot down the road to a trolley bus. A stagecoach, a boy on a bike, and another buggy pass the camera before the trolley reaches us. And that's a wrap, everyone. Next episode is set in 1921, where we'll find Buster Keaton deadpanning all around the place. For more early film stories, check out the ebook Movie Chronicles Beginnings, 
available at all good e-stores near you. Become a Patreon supporter of this podcast and see what all the fuss is about. Until next time, remember to stare across the edge of infinity because you can be sure it's staring back at you. <laughs>